it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcast. Okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben Spoonani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. So sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long drawers. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. For all the lack of PPE, instead of truth, you'd rather deceive. For all the joy you stole from our lives. For all the wrongs expected from the right. For every person that didn't pull through. For a disease you said was like the flu. We'll be ever resentful, Matthew. You're the one who fucked it up. The numbers didn't fall. You're the one who enjoyed all through. Through it all. You have no strength, your chin is weak. You chat shit every single time you speak. You stole our funds and thought we didn't see. You were fucking and embezzling money. Sent all the funds to where we couldn't reach. You got away with it, you believed. We're exactly where we are because you fucked it. Yeah, you fucked it, you little prick. You fucked it. Woo! <laughs> Go Kalechi. Wow, come and see vocals. Actually, there were no vocals present, but you get what I mean. Big up yourself to um, our, you know, global auntie known as Celine Dion. I really wonder who Sadiq would have said actually sang that <laughs> I really wonder who Sadiq would have thought sang that song. I would have hoped he'd know it's Celine Dion, but you never know with him. He would have just thrown out one next name. Um, But yeah, obviously we'll get into the um, inspiration for that song in Straw of the Week. So before we get there, there's loads to cover. I'm hoping I can do it like nice and succinctly. You know, I like to move quickly, like to move fast. But anyway, welcome. If you're new here, welcome to SYM. If you're not new here, welcome to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mum. And it is me, Kalechi, in a blood club place to be. And I'm back for another week to talk all of the things. Um, it's been such uh, an eventful week. I don't even, I'm sure I've missed out so many things, but I just have to, you know, do my best. I'm only one person, you know? Yeah, well, welcome back. And that's what I should have said. Welcome back to those who aren't new. And for those who are, well, welcome. Um, This is the place to be, really, for... It's funny to me when people are like, oh, I just love your Instagram stories. Where can I get more of you? I literally put in my bio that I've got a fucking podcast, so I don't know why you're asking me these things. And obviously, there are things I can say on a podcast that I wouldn't necessarily put on social media before they now come and start suspending my page, like the little pricks that they are. But um, yeah, anyway, let's get into it. There's so much to um, cover, I guess. Um, so let's see where we are. Let's start with the tarot, as we always do. The kind of intention that I put to spirit 
what's about what we should expect? I guess over summer, but I've really kind of honed in on the next month or so, what we should really be expecting collectively, or, you know, this might be specific messages for those who listen to the podcast. Well, clearly, but yeah, anyway, so let's start. So the first card that came out is the four of wands. So I feel like literally some people might just be getting married over the summer. Um, for some, it's just about security, like stability. You're finally, you know, you, it's even, you feel like you found your person or you feel like you found your thing. For some, it's, um, maybe long distance relationships that you're finally getting to kind of see each other or, um, you're relocating because I'm seeing the city skyline in both, um, images that I'm looking at because we've got the four of wands and then we've got the king of pentacles. So some of you are like, um, getting into situations with people who have money, which is nice. I mean, good for you as long as they have sense, um, and compassion. But for those of you, it might be relocating for a job that gives you stability and it actually, yeah, you've got more financial kind of ease, some kind of financial peace. Some of you might be like going back to Africa. For those of you who are from there, if you're not from there, no one fucking asked you. But, um, yeah, so just considering that, that some of you might be moving, um, I'm looking at the, um, is it the ram or the bull that's at the top there as well? So it might be late summer. Some of you might be moving maybe Spain. I don't know. But the um, energy here in the first two cards is definitely one of stability. Just finally feeling like you're in your groove after a year of Higgy Hagger. You're finally feeling like, oh, I have an idea of what's going to be happening with my money. I feel a bit more secure. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm just cool. I've just, I've just got like, I, it doesn't feel like the world is shaking. However, all of this is happening and then you're being asked to, the Hierophant is the next card, number five, you're being asked to consider um, what you think goes into having the things that are now manifesting for you, the things that are now appearing in your life. Um, because when you actually get your thing, when you actually get the blessings that you've been, you know, crying out for that you've wanted for so long sometimes that's when the deep-rooted fears start coming to the surface that's when the insecurities that you um probably felt like you've pushed down or you maybe never really acknowledged that's when it comes to the surface like now that you've got this thing how are you going to look after it because the ten of swords is in reverse here so you're being told that this isn't one of those things where it's about rise and grind mentality mentality like, oh, now I've got the thing, I've got to work super hard. You got the thing from being who you are. So continue being who you are. Don't now start switching it up, especially if you're in a relationship and you're like maybe taking it to the next stage. You don't have to perform, just be who you are. The person likes you because you're just you. Like to now start thinking like, oh, well, the the way that people are meant to behave in relationships is like this. So I'm going to start doing that. Or what I watched in the movies or what I saw maybe my parents doing or people around me doing is this. And that's what I have to do now. No, just continue being you. And it's the same with your work environment. You manage to attract these opportunities just by being who the fuck you are. So you don't now need to start changing it because, you know, new things are arriving, new opportunities are arriving. Um, and you're finally feeling like, oh, you're making some headway. And you're like, oh, now I need to be quote unquote professional. Fuck that. Just be who you, be you, be you. Like it's you that got the things. It's you that got the things. And remember back, 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 when I used to do, when I did some of the tarot readings and I said that some of you, your blessings aren't finding you because you're pretending to be someone else. Suddenly you're not pretending now. You are being who you are. You're showing up as who you are. You realize the things that you want, the things that you want, want you. So don't now go back to pretending. 
you know, in fact, you need to stunt on these hoes and show them that it's possible to have the things that you desire, that your your heart truly desires without having to conform. You can, you, you are the living testament of that and you, you need to kind of step into that role. And that's further confirmed by the lover's card that came out from the after tarot deck here. Again, um, so for some of you, it's like you found, um, I, although I believe that you have many, many soulmates, soulmates aren't just in the romantic sense, but you found somebody where you have that deep soul connection with them. Um, that's what's showing up here in the lover's card. But then we see that snake on the floor as well. And I know um, that we give snakes a bad rap, you know, but this is also telling you to kind of be aware of the way that you deceive yourself and to not lean into deceit. Again, don't pretend, just be who you are. The opportunity found you, like you asked for something, you shot your shot and then now you're getting the thing. Don't now start like trying to be extra, just stay as you are. And then the sun card is here as well. So for some of you, maybe it's a case of considering um, um, starting a family just have some childlike wonderment about what you do, you know, just be playful, don't lose your playfulness, don't you lose your childlike energy, don't lose your childlike curiosity, now that you feel like things are starting to manifest for you, always stay curious, always stay open to God surprising you, to spirit surprising you with something new, um, and then I'm seeing the two of wands here, we saw four of wands earlier, so really, really strong energy of partnership, collaboration, some of you are finally going to meet the people who can help you and um, realise the um, dreams that you've had, that you've wanted to bring to fruition um, for so long, um, you're going to meet people who have sense, like maybe they're more experienced at doing this thing that you want to do, because I'm looking at the King of Swords here as well. They're more experienced at the thing that you want to do. But always understand, because I'm seeing the, um, the sword in the stone going through the crown, always understand that you are the one that brings, um, nobody can replicate you in it. So don't go into these situations worried that, oh, well, maybe there's somebody that can replace me. There's nobody with your specific type of source, yeah? There's nobody with your specific type of source. And if there's anyone that's similar, they don't have your branding. It's all about having everything coming together. So don't now start um, falling back on yourself because um, you're worried that now that you're getting the things that you want, that you won't be able to maintain them by just being who you are. It's you who attracted them. So it's you that's going to keep them but you've got to stay childlike. For some of you, maybe it's a case of fertility. Again, stay flexible in how these things happen, you know, stay flexible in how these things come to fruition for you, even in terms of family, um, family life and what that looks like. Maybe just like look, thinking further afield, like opening your, widening your horizons as well in what it means to be in a relationship, what it means to have a family, what it means to have children. Do they have to be ones that you've biologically birthed or are you, you know, open to just considering different avenues? You're really, really being asked at this time to um, to take ownership of that sword, um, you know, that mental sword, to take ownership of your life and allow yourself to uh, appear anew. I'm looking at the butterfly on the on the throne. Allow yourself to appear anew. Allow yourself to um, flourish. Allow yourself to fly. You know, you deserve it. Um, then the card from the spiritual seasoning form for the soul, um, affirmation deck or Oracle deck says you have overcome so much to be here. Don't give up. Exactly. You've overcome so many obstacles in terms of being who you are. And now you're fully about your, you're finally showing up as who you are. This isn't the time to now give up on that because, you know, you see the changes and you're like, oh, I've done enough. That's it now. No, 
No, you have to continue being who you are. That's the whole point of all of this. And every moment you'll find that there's a new discovery about who you are and what you like and what you don't like and who you love and all of that stuff. But you've got to stay curious. You've always got to stay curious to you. The moment you get bored of you, that's when life stops being life. You've got to remain curious about who you are and what new experiences are going to show you about yourself. But that doesn't mean that now you should just switch it up and not be you. Number 19 is the card that we get from the Wisdom of the Oracle deck. Number 19 says here, flexible. And they're being flexible on top of an egg. So again, for those of you who might be considering having children, this is about being um, open to different opportunities as to how that comes to fruition. And for everybody else generally, it's again, we're looking at how you can um, bring forth the life that you want um, and have it happen maybe in a way that you didn't imagine. But the Oracle's message in the um, book actually says, a tree's roots are solidly planted in the ground, yet its branches can bend in a hurricane, whereas a rigid structure like a building would come crashing down. Consider how the tree remains supple and secure when everything around it may be in shambles. This is how you need to be now, willing to learn new things, teachable, malleable, yet firmly grounded in who you are. Common sense is important, but so is an open mind. Stay curious, stay open, stay aware. At this time, others will be more flexible with you too. Relationship message says, in every relationship, it's important to be open to new experiences and learning new things. Let um, letting go of rigidity is what's required right now. You don't always have to be right all the time, do you? It's okay to come to a happy compromise. You can still get your needs met. It's a beautiful day when you meet halfway. The appearance of this card in a reading could also signal that you have met someone new who may not be your type, but who will turn out to be so special that you can easily release your old ideas about what sort of partner is right for you. And I think that bangs actually, because we've got the Hierophant and we've got the Lovers card here, which further, um, you know, which further affirms that we've got the Sun card here, asking you to be, um, you know, curious, childlike and curious about the new um, relationships and opportunities coming your way and not holding on so rigidly to what you believed would be for you. Yeah. The protection message says, sorry, prosperity message says, even when you have a clear vision of how you're going to manifest something, what it will look like, who will share in it and what will then be available to you, you still need to relax and open up to other possibilities. Spirit may have much better plans for you. It could be a job you hadn't thought of, a new source of money or some other opportunity that eluded your imagination. Be flexible and remind yourself this or something better manifests for me now. Then be willing to bend a little. Enjoy the miraculous results. Protection message says, when you or someone else becomes too rigid, you lose the access to growth and untapped potential and find yourself in an us versus them scenario. Loosen up, open your mind and heart and see if a more flexible approach feels better. Rigidity will set you up for a fight where there are only losers and no winners. Could you find a way to bring about a result that is mutually beneficial? Meet in the middle. Spirit makes a great mediator. So I just think that that's great. You know, I think that that's great. Even when we think about the collective sense, maybe we're looking at um, a, a sense of stability over summer, maybe going towards the end of summer. Something that feels more um, stable. Maybe um, funding is actually given to people who have been left without funding for so long because um, government and people are having to reconsider the way that they've been ruling thus far and realising that if they kill all their fucking citizens, they'll have nobody left to um, work for them. So they're going to have to make some compromises and, you know, maybe feed children as well and um 
be open to how they go about looking at these borders, how they go about looking at the way that they treat um, migrants and things like that. And I guess that some people who are put in their, these positions um, of power will have to consider for themselves whether it's time for them to go. So yeah, that's that for the tarot, I feel. I hope that message resonates with you. And um, yeah, let's jump to this week's show sponsor, Anna Luisa, and we'll get on with um, Share Your Magnificence. So like I said, big up this week's show sponsor, who are Anna Luisa. I've been talking about their gorgeous jewellery in the last couple of weeks. And yeah, I'm just really loving my pieces. I love that I can wear them and like my neck feels not itchy because I get that sometimes. Um, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. <laughs> yeah, I really like, um, I just really like the jewellery. I've been on the site recently, not just with the bits that they um, sent me that I chose, but I'm actually um, looking at new bits to get because they're just really, really pretty and you're kind of sport for choice. And it's always good to kind of be able to buy something from, you know, an organisation in the jewellery industry that design pieces that have like a story behind them as well as they're using recycled materials wherever it's possible. And they try to have like transparent business practices and making all of these things in small batches as well. So it's environmentally friendly in that way. And it's affordable because I mentioned to you, I think like last week and the week before, like it's a lot of the um, jewellery starts from like $39. So you always find something cute. And I know that a few of you have actually gone to get things because you were messaging me. So I love that. I love that for us. So um, yeah, you know, you can jump to analuisa.com. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com forward slash straws. And you can get yourself 10% off as a, a Say Your Mind listener. That's analuisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com forward slash straws for 10% off your order. And you can just be out here looking cute. I've been wearing my little earrings from them, actually. I've got these little celestial earrings. Um, that one side's got a star, one side's got a little crescent moon. And it's really, really comfortable, really cute. Because not everyday big, big, good, good earrings. So um, I've really enjoyed that. But yeah, anyway, like I said, go and check out analuisa.com forward slash straws and get 10% off the jewellery that you choose from there. That's wonderful. And um, yeah, go and enjoy yourself. Now let's get to Share Your Magnificence. So this week for Share Your Magnificence, I wanted to big up um, Shikari Richardson, the sprinter. I can't, I, I honestly, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know, like I've got a thing for sprinters and just athletics, um, you know, watching athletics generally, but athletes, female athletes, fucking love them fucking love them just the just the ability the 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 god-given ability and then the training that goes into it absolute mad thing so shikari um ran 1064 the other day and um, for her 100 meters 1064 i just i can't even fathom i can't even comprehend how does somebody move that fast how at 20 year, 21 years of age, I just think that she's amazing. And I love that she did it with her bright orange hair, her lashes and her long as fuck nails. And she was just, you know, being her. She looks cute as fuck in her little outfit. Um, and I just love it. I just love it that she's now qualified for the Olympics and she did it on her terms. And when she ran faster than every motherfucking body. She then went and found her grandmother and gave her grandmother a hug. And I read somewhere that her mum had died the week before she was even um, 
yeah, a week before her qualifying race for the 2021 Summer Olympics, her biological mother died. Um, and, you know, blessings upon you, blessings upon you, blessings upon your mother who's now passed away, that you're able to do something so spectacular, so amazing. And honestly, it's like I was saying before, um, you know, in the tarot, it's about showing up in the world as who you are. Like, this is her, her and her orange um, um, wig, this is her, her and her long nails, this is her, like, she showed up as her, and she absolutely bodied the thing. what would piss me off now, is when she's doing all of this, and she starts to get, like, more mainstream attention, and these PR, you know, like, these publicity people start trying to come through, and almost try to water her down, because, oh, you need to be more palatable to these platforms before you can send you there, no, she's excellent, just as she is, and she needs to be able to do that without trying to conform and be somebody else, I feel like sometimes in this life, by sometimes, I mean, every time people suck the kind of like uniqueness out of you um, all in the name of, oh, we need to make you more marketable to the masses. Fuck the masses. The masses can piss the fuck off. Like, leave her alone. And I say that because she's out here running fast as fuck, right? Also, big up Shelly Ann Pre and Fraser Price. I love you forever. Um, or we're also running, even after, you know, having a son, she's still out here bodying the ting and just being just fast in Jamaica. And now she's going to the Olympics too. But, um, yeah, like, here's Shikari running fast as fuck, and then all these ashy-elbowed, ashy-kneed motherfuckers can do on the internet is go, oh, well, she'd be more aerodynamic if maybe she didn't have those wigs, or have that wig, or those lashes on, or those nails on, she'd be able to move through the air quicker. What air have you moved through, motherfucker? What air have you moved through? Have you even moved out of your mum's house? Have you moved out of your mum's house before you're worried about how she's moving through the air? Instead of you to shut up and face your front. People have always got, suddenly everybody's become the coach of the year. Suddenly everybody's an athletics coach. And you now know how people should be running to be aerodynamic. Aerodynamic core. Conso dynamic knee. Full aerodynamic. She's aerodynamic enough as, uh, enough as it is. Any more aerodynamic and she's going to take flight. You know, mind your business. Mind your business. I just hate that like, black women can't just do what they're doing as who they are without people being like, oh, well, I feel like you could do it better if you just did this. And or actually what they're saying doesn't make any sense. You can just shut up because Flojo was fast as fuck. RIP Flojo. Flojo had long as fuck nails. Flojo had long hair because you're too concerned, really. It's not the fact that her hair is, um, or, you know, the wig that she had is long, and that's why you're like, oh, she'd be more aerodynamic, you're upset because the wig is orange, that's what you're upset, because Florence, um, also had, you know, she also had her hair, just as it is, um, and that was her hair, her natural hair, so whether it's orange, whether it's whatever, the real issue that you have isn't the length of the hair, it's the colour of it, because Flojo also had long hair and she did just fine. She did more than fine, right? Um, and had long nails and she was styling upon them on the track. She did all of that. And I feel like, um, I think she said that she was paying homage to um, Flojo, even in the, like her outfit choice and, and her nails and everything else. And I just fucking, I love that. And I remember seeing a little clip, I don't know whether I saw it on her page, or somewhere else, where she was saying that, oh, before she ran the race, people were coming up to her, and they were like, oh, well, you know, um, because you're a first-timer, rare, 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 you're not going to be able to do this, and don't expect anything much from doing this race, and da, 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 and she was just like, yo, 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 
I'm just me. Let me do it as who I am. I don't, you know, maybe you weren't able to do it like me, but I'm going to do it like me. Okay. And I love that because I resonate with that so deeply. People always want to advise me unsolicited advice usually about how I should be doing certain things when there's nobody who's done what I'm doing before me. Like I'm literally a game changer, but people want to come with their little pieces of advice. Have you done what I'm doing? No. And while I appreciate that some of it is well-intentioned or whatever, people only try, some people just want to limit you because they can't fathom that raw. You're actually able to just be who you are and, and be excellent. They can't fathom it because that they didn't think that it was ever going to be an option. So two slaps on your, um, your chest, Shikari Richardson for absolutely blowing, blowing, talking about aerodynamics, when your, your, your boxes are ripped and you can't even wipe your bum, you can't wash your bum properly, but you want to come and tell somebody how to be aerodynamic. Shut up. Go and be aerodynamic in your mother's palm. Fuck off. But anyway, big up yourself, Shikari Richardson. I think you're like just amazing. 21 years of um, age, five foot one, just just short and mighty. I love it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that for Share Your Magnificence, I think. Yes, all right, cool. So let's join, um, jump to So You Mad because clearly there's a lot to cover. I can't stress enough how much shit there is to get through this week. I feel like the world is short-circuiting and people are fucking losing it. So anyway, let's start here. Um, I made a video about it and posted it on Instagram, really directly addressing Boris Johnson because you know these news producers don't want to get me on so I can tell him what I think about him to his face and to his straggly hair and to his um, weirdly buttoned up shirts. Anyway, it says here, terms such as white privilege may be may have contributed to neglect of disadvantaged white pupils report by MP fines. Um, the use of terms like white privilege, um, what's it say? The use of terms like including white privilege may have contributed to the neglect of white working class pupils in the education system, a Commons committee has found. MPs in the, on the Education Select Committee said schools must consider the implication of such politically controversial terminology and find a better way to talk about racial disparities. A report by the committee agreed with the Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities that the term white privilege can be divisive and said disadvantaged white pupils have been let down by muddled policy thinking. It also accused the Department for Education of failing to acknowledge the extent of the problem. Conservative MP and chairman of the Education Select Committee, Robert Halfen, said white working class pupils have been let down and neglected by the system for decades, accusing governments, including his own, of a lack of attention to the issue. Mr Halfen urged the Department for Education to desperately address the matter. Um, Department for Education said the government is focused on ensuring no child is left behind. Among the recommendations put forward by the MPs were the need for tailor-made funding at a local level and a focus on attracting good teachers to challenging areas. Apprenticeships and vocational opportunities should also be more widely promoted, they said. The committee found that 47% of white British pupils eligible for free school meals um, at uh, about 28,000 children did not meet the expected standard of development at the end of the early years foundation stage in 2018-19. It says, in 2019, just 17.7% of the free school meals eligible white British pupils achieved at least a strong pass grade five or above, 
or above in English and maths at GCSE compared with 22.5% of all free school meals eligible pupils. Um, the committee found these disparities striking because white people are the ethnic majority in the country, yet um, free school meals eligible white British pupils are the largest disadvantaged group. If the government is serious about closing the uh, overall attainment gap, then the problem faced by the biggest group of the disadvantaged pupils can no longer be swept under the carpet, Mr. Halfen said. Never again should we lazily put the gap down to poverty alone, given that we know free school meal, um, meal eligible students um, or pupils from other ethnic groups consistently outperform their white British peers. Um, we also desperately need to move away from dealing with racial disparity by using divisive concepts like white privilege that pits one group against another. Disadvantaged white children feel anything but privilege when it comes to education. Privilege is the very opposite to what disadvantaged white children enjoy or benefit from in the education system, which is now leaving far too many behind. Um, I'll just pause there because I really don't like reading nonsense for too long, but some of you white politicians, especially the conservative ones, because I already know that I've cussed Angela Rayner before and I know I've cussed Jess Phillips before and they're the Labour Party. But you conservative, white conservative MPs, in fact, take white out of it. Just you conservative MPs can go and suck a dick, you dickheads. Kemi's also there with her straggly braids. Those braids that are screaming for moisture, that are screaming. Her hair is screaming to be released. Give us free. Give us free. Freedom! They want to be free from these, from these oppressive braids that she's had in for 15 million years. There are Tyrannosaurus Rexes who are out there going, rah, she's still got them braids in. Fam, are you serious? Anyway, shut the fuck up. If you are the majority right, in the country, you're going to find that, yes, a larger proportion, as you claim, of your pupils that are of the, your ethnicity, yeah, are going to also show up in your statistics, but you're lying, because actually, all the children in the, um, the all these working class children are, quote, unquote, underperforming, so don't start now trying to skew data so that it serves you, and if you find that children who are non-white are outperforming their white um, counterparts, that's not because you've done anything. That's usually because parents and family have to intervene because they know, they know that racism exists. So it's one thing to be dealing with classism, but to then have to deal with racism also on top of that, that's a problem. And that's what they mean when they talk about white privilege, because these children, these white children are not um, out, um, underperforming because they are white. They're underperforming because the government hates poor people, hates their parents and hates them. You're so concerned about them underperforming, but you didn't want to give them food during the pandemic. You did not want to provide them these free school meals during the pandemic. And then when you were forced to, you went to go and contract a motherfucker that gave them one slice of apple and one imagination of cheese. Just one imagination, not even like a material, not even a physical representation of the cheese. It was, it was one that they imagined. They didn't even want to do that. One little bag of rice is what you gave them. Like, you actually hate poor people. So it's on you. It's literally on you if these white children, white working class children are underperforming. That's the fuck on you. It's not because of terms like white privilege. In fact, white privilege explains exactly what's going on because they are not being discriminated against. They are not finding that they're lacking access to education because of their race. And that's happening because the white elite of this country who are basking in white 
privilege, choose to leave them there so they can have lots of infighting between the working class of different ethnicities and so they can all stay at that level while, the, while those who are in the higher echelons of society continue to enjoy. We're not fucking stupid. We can read right through it. And that's why I had to make the video um, about this kind of skewing of narratives to let a lot of white working class people know that it's not the black and Asian children that are your problem. That's not the reason that you're out, um, underperforming because they're getting all of the attention. They're not getting any attention. The fact is nobody's getting any attention because the government does not want to pay teachers properly. So people are actually attracted to coming to teach in the first place. They're not being supported all throughout the, all throughout the pandemic. What did these motherfuckers do for teachers? How did they support teachers? Instead, they were telling them to go in and wear a mask, expecting them to um, to do the remote teaching or remote learning that they were providing for the children. They were expected to do all of these things while having their own fucking lives. Their holidays aren't taken into account. Their mental well-being isn't taken into account. But all of a sudden, oh, working class white children are underperforming. Why won't they? Why won't they when you don't want to feed them? Why won't they? Madness madness, nonsense and ingredients, just everyday lying. And every year people wheel out the same state and like statistics like, oh, white working class boys specifically are really, really suffering. Why won't they suffer? Why won't they suffer when you're socializing them into basically either being your uh, manual labor force as well as being in the army. That's really all you're like rearing them for. You don't want them to have access. You don't want them to have the social mobility that might mean that they can explore other avenues or, or vocations because you want them to be in specific fields. And meanwhile, you're telling them the reason that they don't have access to all the other opportunities is because of these fucking immigrants. Well, actually it's not. It is not. So stop lying. Stop lying. Brush your teeth. Wash your hair, brush your hair, wash your legs and shut the fuck up. I'm just disgusted. And every time it's like, oh, think of the, think of the white boys. Oh, think of the working class white boys. They're really going through it. Yeah. And you know who else is going through it? Everybody the fuck else. They're going through it as well. And let's not talk about the school to prison pipeline when black children from nursery, you're already demonizing them. You're already vilifying them. You're already criminalizing their blackness. So and when they have any sort of, like I've said it before, any sort of learning differences, any sort of neurodiverge, um, you know, neurodiverse kind of um, uh, expression or anything like that, you're like, oh, well, yeah, they're disruptive. Let's send them to Prue. Oh, after Prue, what? They, they don't like being there. Oh, well, they can go to jail too. That's what they can do. It is a miracle that black people in this country are still managing to do something despite every single obstacle that you have put in the way. So don't try and take credit if um, um, black children are, and, uh, are somehow doing well, because that's not on you. And in fact, how are, and when you break down these statistics, how are black children individually doing in terms of their nationalities? Because again, we'll find there that there's usually real types of xenophobia going on in who's given attention to and who is not. So yeah, I just think it's all nasty. And I think that this committee that's now, look at how the Tory government worked. First, it was the race and disparities Higgy and Higgy Hagar with Tony Sewell and all of his fucking idiots. And then these lot now come out and say that, oh, education, terms like white privilege aren't helping, they're divisive. It is not divisive to point out division. I just wish that that would get through more people's heads, but I'm sure they know this, but they're trying to confuse us intentionally. So it seems like the Tory government is commissioning all these reports to be written so they can rewrite history. All of you will suffer from diarrhea 
continuous diarrhea and you'll pass out there. Your your this this agenda that you have will not come to the fruition that you hope it will. All of you will suffer there. Yeah, that's what I hope for you. So yeah, that's that for um that subject. Let's move on to as if we're moving on really, we're going to another um manifestation of fuckery. So black TikTokers are on strike, or they were on strike at the time that I was recording this. A number of black creators on TikTok are on an indefinite strike, refusing to choreograph dances on the app to protest against the appropriation of their content by white users. The action has been focused on Megan Thee Stallion's new song, Thought Shit, which was released, um, well, it would be two weeks ago now. There are 168,000 videos on TikTok using the song as of Thursday afternoon, but unlike WAP, Stallion and Cardi B's last viral song, there is not a single trending dance to it, and that is deliberate, some creators say. For all my melanated brothers and sisters of the African diaspora, we are on strike. We are not making a dance for thought shit. We are just going to let them keep flailing, user um, Capcan Capcan Knuckles said in a video last week referring to white users. It just shows how much you need us to make a dance. I lost my accent there. Sorry. Anyway, TikTok is known for viral dances, but they are often created by black women who are then not credited or compensated for their work. Let's just take a moment for that. Let's just take a moment. Take some water. Take a cup of tea. Let's just take a moment for that fucking truth. Think of the generation that primarily uses TikTok. And already they are subjected to this thing that black women, this misogynoir that black women like myself who are older than them know so well. You'll be the creator of something. You'll be the one that forges the way with something. And then some other person will come and take it. I'm going to go there. Let me go there. Regardless of what you feel about Slumflower, right? All of you have your feelings, whatever the fuck. And then she stole this and she stole that. Cool, whatever. I'm not involved in that part of the argument. What I do want to point out though, is that I do see I did see the similarities within the book that she had and a book that is it Florence Givens or whatever. In terms of illustration anyway, I saw the similarities, right? So how is it that it's now being said that um, Florence's book is going to be distributed to schools to teach them about, um, you know, um, feminism and whatever. Of all the books, of all the books is this one. Fair enough, I haven't even read the book. So let's start there. But the whole drama around it, the whole um, salacious sort of like... Um, wildness around it kept me away from both. I was just out here minding my business, but I do feel like it's audacious that upon all the theory that has been written historically by black women, women of color, talking about these very same subjects that's now been repackaged, illustrated and put forward by a white girl, suddenly it's the one that needs to go into schools when actually, can she back her chat? Again, I don't know her. So I'm not trying to comfort her. I'm not trying to drag nobody, but I just feel like even those things really grind my gears because when will black women get credit for the things that they have been the ones to put forward? Like they have been the ones to kind of, yeah, to really take from their imagination and bring into the physical realm. When will they get, when will they get credit for that? When will they get compensated for that? Again, I have to stress, I don't know the ins and, ins and outs of what's going on over there, but I did notice that and I did think it was shady. Right. So now looking at this TikTok situation, it's the same thing. Show me, I always say this, show me my white peer, show me my white counterpart. Who in the white woman's world is doing exactly what I do? 
nobody. But trust and believe tomorrow, if a white girl was to come out and try to be the watered down version of me, um, um, talking the things on a podcast, basically garnering information that she would have had to have gotten from black women, um, maybe she's coming at 20% vim, 15% vim, really, if we're realistic. And maybe she has a little fitness thing, and maybe she can act too, and maybe she can do all of these things too. Do you think that she would not have been given the keys to the city? Do you not think that she would be on every cover of every magazine going? But out here, I'm just out here. Out here. And I, I refuse to even say I'm out here in the wilderness because God would not leave me there. I'm out here still doing my thing. But trust and believe it's taken a lot of work for me to even get the recognition that I get now. And is that recognition coming with remuneration? I think the fuck not. The recognition is not coming with the apt, like the apt remuneration. And it needs to. She would have probably gotten her G-Wagon by now. I just feel like these things need to be said because we keep pretending like it's just so cute that, you know, black women are so creative, are so creative. You know how soul-destroying it is to be bringing out excellence every fucking week. 150-something episodes of pure excellence. And then I have to watch, just just watch there while it's, oh, okay, I've just got to wait. Really, I've just got to, just got to wait here, really. I remember speaking to um, an agent, uh, um, I think a few weeks ago, and I was talking about this uh, book that I want to do on anger. And she was like, yeah, but I've looked at your stuff. And I just think like, you know, you make a really public, um, good public speaker. You should consider that as well. Like, why does anger, um, um, black women um, finding liberation through honing their anger and embracing their anger? Why does that need to be a book? Why can't it be a podcast? And I just thought, this is my problem with white women. Like, you're so limited in your thinking, but if I'm sure that if a white girl presented that proposition to you, you would see how it would be beneficial. I said, I already do public speaking. I just don't post about it a lot. I get a lot of bookings and I do a lot of corporate bookings and things like that. Oh, well, see, that's great. So just, you know, doing that as if I can't write, as if I'm illiterate, because what I'm writing, you can't fathom because it's not your lived reality. So then when we go back to the um, black TikTokers, again, you're creating things that other people are going to come and take from later on. And they're going to have just 10%. I've even lessened the number now. 10% of your vim, 10% of your talent. But because of their whiteness, they're going to be able to kind of just, just catapult ahead of you. I think that's ridiculous. I think that that's disgusting. But it also goes to show the very, very real nature of racism and why racism can get the fuck. Anyway, it says here, um, users Jalea Harmon and Kiara Wilson, for example, staged viral dances in 2020 to Kay Camp's uh, Renegade and Megan Thee Stallion's Savage remix, but Long, uh, but Long did not receive credit for them. Meanwhile, while white social media um, stars like Addison Rae took those same dances to larger platforms like Jimmy Fallon's show and Keeping Up With The Kardashians, while a handful of videos have emerged in recent days of black users making dances to thought shit and thought shit, um, many are sticking to the pledge not to make content one week into the strike. This app would be nothing without black people, one user said on the topic, in a video refusing to make a dance to the song. They can't do it without us, said another. The action was meant to make white creators rethink compensation, citation and ethical collaboration with black creators on this and other social media platforms, said Amanda Bennett, co-founder of the consultancy firm Define and Empower, who made a viral video explaining the strike. Black creators are tired of white people profiting off our work and appropriating black culture, she said. We've seen the way older generations of black creators have been disrespected and erased and we aren't having it anymore. 
TikTok issued a statement to The Guardian saying it supports black creators and is working to create a supportive environment for our community while also instilling a culture where honouring and crediting creators for their creative contributions is the norm. Um, but I don't see how they're going to do that. And even what makes me laugh is that I went and looked at the video, um, that some of the videos that some of these white creators are trying to make for thought shit. What gets me is that Megan the Stallion actually tells them the moves to do. You know, like the, the song is instructive. So it says like, put your hands on your knees or do this and do that. Why are they waving their hands in the air? Can you not listen? Can you not use your listening ears? What the fuck are you doing? Because even on a basic level, I understand like struggling with rhythm. I understand that. But listening and comprehension, you're incapable of doing. What the fuck? what the fuck, and they're just standing there, just looking at the camera, and I, and I often think that about every social media platform, even Clubhouse and all of those things, like, black people make these platforms what they are, and then they go on to sell for loads, while black people who are on the platforms are disrespected constantly, I think that's mad, when will Instagram run me my check, when I look at the stats on my Instagram stories, I am the people them sucrose, yeah, I am the people them sugar, yeah, my Instagram stories, the insights in terms of my numbers are fucking ridiculous. And what's wild is that a lot of those people probably don't follow me, but they'll come daily to come and check what I'm saying. I am the one that's breaking down politics for them. I am the one breaking down all of these things for them. And I'm doing it in a humorous and wonderful way. But when will Instagram ever run me my check? When will Instagram go, you know what, come and do a takeover of our Instagram main page. What, you expect me to reach out, but you lot have the numbers, so why don't you do the reaching out? Why must it be every day, black girl, black girl, black girl? No, 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 I'm not doing the reaching out. You can come and do it. Same with Twitter. I gave you Sally in HR. I gave you, what is, what the fuck, the pandemic makeup tutorial. So many things, like, if we actually deep it, I, cultural icon, that's what I'll call myself before any, before waiting, because I feel like we're in the stage now where if I keep doing this humble shit, waiting for people to give me my flowers, I will literally die there. I will give myself my own fucking flowers. White roses are what I prefer, even though I don't generally like flowers. Big up yourself, Oshun. But what I'm really saying here is that when we look at the things that black people have individually contributed to social media, we're not getting um, anything back in, you know, in terms of a return on that investment. Meanwhile, um, white people can maybe do, I don't know, 20% of the same thing and everybody knows about them and instantly they're an internet sensation and all of that stuff. I think it's, I, I mean, I, I'm not being bad mind, but again, I'm just going to say what I need to say in it. I don't know that chicken shop girl, that white girl, that chicken shop girl, chicken shop dates or whatever she does. I don't know her personally. So this is not even like a personal drag, but I just think that it's amazing that she can have this deadpan. I know that that whole deadpan shtick is part of like what makes the show, but I can't imagine a black girl having the same kind of show and it being the success that it is. And I think that she's said herself, the, the white girl, that she knows that it's because she's white, that she's able to do this white, blonde, skinny, that she's able to do these things. And while, you know what, do what you're doing, get your bag. I, that was, you know, do what you're doing over there. I just, it still enrages me that um, black women still have to come up with the, the, the most things, work themselves to the point of fucking levitating before they get any sort of thing that re resembles um, recognition. And more so, it's the lighter-skinned black girls that are the ones that are usually seen um, most of the time. 
And we have to just start calling things as they are because I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this podcast, but I just really need to get some things off my chest and just let you know that I think some things are really fucking ridiculous. And whoever gets um, caught in a crossfire, that's your personal problem because I'm going to say what I need to say in it. I can't keep um, dancing around things or alluding to things because I'm realising that a lot of people don't have the common sense to clock on to a lot of the um, hints that I've been given for over like three years. So I'll just tell you exactly as it is. I think that people are stupid. Um, But yeah, regarding the whole um, TikTok thing, I'm glad that the younger generation of black people, um, um, especially black women, are actually noticing the unfairness of the way that a lot of these um, industries work and they're actually saying no we won't create anything what would happen if there was a collective day of black people just saying no I'm not doing it just not doing it not even one day I think like a month of black people specifically black women just not doing anything and seeing where people would get their jokes from then because at this point it's just fucking ridiculous really so um yeah, going from one thing that's ridiculous to another thing that's ridiculous, I think the final thing for So You Mad, this MP, Joy Morrissey, um, who has decided that she wants to be a complex, don't know why, I don't know what took, what kind of spirit took over her, but she, um, I guess that's just what she's decided. So she wants, this Joy Morrissey wants for us to all have a picture of the Queen in our homes. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Um, yeah, my mind is still blown by it, really. It's still very much blown by it. A picture of the Queen in all of our homes because um, it's the way that we can show support and, um, I guess, patriotism. She says here in her tweet a few days ago, I think this is a wonderful patriotic and unifying campaign for our country. I'll be writing to the Prime Minister to ask him to give it careful consideration and looking for opportunities to discuss further in Parliament. It says here, I am proud to be launching a national campaign with the British Monarchist Society to put a portrait of Her Majesty in every home, company and institution that would like one. It is time to rediscover our pride in being British. Meanwhile, you were born in America from what I read. But anyway, um, joy, 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 joy. Don't play yourself. I don't want a picture of any Dusty Jankro in my house or in my company. I don't want a a picture of Lizzie in my um, house and I don't want it in my studio. I don't even want it in my wallet. I don't want it in my toilet. I don't want to see her. I don't want to see her. Pride in being British. Again, what is it to be British? Tell the truth. Why do you not love lying so much? Tell the truth. Why is that? Why has the pride declined in being British? Is it, could it possibly correlate with the fact that a lot more of the British public are being shown just how nasty and violent Britain has been in order to um, acquire the term great? Maybe people are realising and they're like, oh, actually, I don't really want anything to do with that. Maybe even if they haven't been shown that in terms of history in the present day, maybe they're seeing the way that the government handled the pandemic. They're seeing the fact that, wait, the royal family, after um, sharing with us how much they've spent during the pandemic, actually managed to spend more than previous years. They spent more in a pandemic than previous years. How is that fucking possible? How did, how manage how manage it blows my mind like why would we want pictures like 
I don't get it. Why would we want pictures of freeloaders just, just hanging up? Like, why would I want that? Why would I want to look at the picture or frame picture of the queen every day and be like, oh, well, at least I know where my money's going to, to somebody who doesn't give a shit about me, but they're really, really enjoying there. So that's wonderful. No, no, I don't, I don't want, I don't want a picture. I don't want to see her. Who is she? Where did you find her? I don't want to know. The, the royal family managed to spend more this year or during the pandemic than they have spent in previous years, but children were starving during the pandemic. British children were starving during the pandemic. They weren't being fed during the pandemic. Marcus Rashford, a professional footballer who should have been minding his business, doing what he needs to do and kicking ball, had to get involved on the national level so that children could be fed in this country. But whoa, whoa, whoa. At least Lizzie Charles and that little um, um, kiddie fiddler, they could, you know, they they were fine, you know, they were all all right, that's wonderful then, isn't it? It says here, the Royal Household has published its 2020-2021 financial statement. The total sovereign grant, which funds official duties of senior royals and maintains occupied palaces, amounted to £85.9 million. It's up £3.5 million from the previous year. Why I think that's mad is because they didn't travel anywhere during the pandemic. Wasn't most things done through Zoom? So how did they manage to spend more? And in fact, didn't you say that you were cutting off um, Harry and Meghan and them, man? So how is it that you spent more when you should have you should have less royals who are, you know, on duty, as it were? It says here, the report shares travel costs, including the Cambridge um, Cambridge's UK train tour and Prince Charles's flights to Kuwait to pay condolences to country's emir, but doesn't itemise these trips, um, or doesn't itemise trips under £15,000, meaning the 47 royal helicopter trips totaling £669,149 don't get detailed. So again, we're not even being shown the full information properly. And that's wild. And it also says, for the first time, the report discloses the proportion of ethnic minority employees within the royal household. 8.5% with a target of 10% by the end of 2022. The palace explained that they're sharing diversity statistics to be open and transparent about efforts being made to improve. What do you mean made to improve? What kind of efforts being made to improve? You knew you had to share because Harry and Meghan bodied you on that Oprah interview. 8.5% of your staff in the royal household are ethnic minorities. 8.5%. Have you got half of a person in the household? How? Do they leave their feet outside? How? What's happening? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. I'm just disgusted. Honestly disgusted. Defund the monarchy immediately. Defund them. Because how do you need to spend 89.5 million pounds? Ha! Are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? To me, that's embezzlement of the highest order. What do you need 89.5 million pounds for? What did you lot do? What did you lot do? Really? You didn't even want to come outside and clap during the pandemic. You man were complaining. You didn't want to clap during the pandemic, yet you want to chop 89.5 million pounds. Do you know that that money would actually solve homelessness in the UK? Hands down. Done. Like that. There would be no homelessness in um, homelessnesses. There would be no homelessness um, in the UK with that money. Go and get a job. Go and get an actual job. All of you. All of you. Go and get a job. This is fucking ridiculous. 
anyway, I don't know why my nose is acting up. That's that for So You Mad. I just really wanted to share that because I think it's wild. And nobody wants a picture of Lizzie in our homes. In fact, she should have a picture of all of us hanging up in every fucking palace so she can see all of the people that paid for her to be living lavish. And that goes for the rest of the royal family as well. For you lot to be wearing your form, form, form hats to every race day and to be having your royal events, I want to see a picture of me, collect your car for, I want it in all of your living rooms so you know that I contributed to you being able to live all cute and shit. Anyway, that's that for So You Mad. So let's jump to Straw of the Week, aka Suck Your Mom. So, Straw of the Week, aka Suck Your Mom. I love that when I put out requests and I say that I'm starting something new, you lot jump on the ting immediately. So um, while a few of you have already sent your voice notes in, I chose this voice note to open us up with. And I feel like I'm opening up with this because, and you know, your your um, voice notes can go in any section, whether it's Shay or Magnificence, um, or Straw, um, say, um, So You Mad, or Straw of the Week. But I always say like, you know, and this is a So um, Say Your Mind section of whichever segment it is. So I'll always choose one voice note for, um, for the episode. And actually I realised that if you keep it under one minute or if you keep it to one minute, you can just send it to me as an email. So it just works perfectly fine. Anyway, like I said, I selected this one this week because I thought it was really interesting. And um although it's two minutes, so you already broke the rules, but I liked I liked your style and I liked what you had to say. So I thought I'd play it for the people then. Here we go. Hi Kalechi, how are you? I hope you're really well. Um, firstly, just wanted to say thank you for um, doing what you're doing so consistently, specifically the tower reading, because I get dragged every time and I don't have a choice but to come back and face the truth. So <laughs> thank you so much. Um, so to launch right in, I had a board meeting last week and we have a new director who asked everyone in the room to introduce themselves. And we got to this lady who I want to say is of Southeast Asian descent and my director got her name wrong or he couldn't pronounce her name he got it the wrong way around as well and then the people who introduced themselves after this lady they made a point to say hi xyz my name is this really easy very straightforward hi my name is this super easy as well next person says yep super easy name as well it's this yep next one not tricky at all really easy and i just thought how sly um because they were making her feel like an inconvenience, like it's a difficult name to say. Say her name wasn't difficult at all. It's actually really easy um, if you if you can just read. If you can put letters together, you can read um, and say her name. And she wasn't given the opportunity to say her name so that everyone knows it and we can move on. Instead, we were all like left dangling and we moved on um, and everyone else made a point of how easy their names were. And I, I was just so over it. I felt embarrassed and humiliated on her behalf. And it just made me acutely aware of how a moment of ignorance um, can just pass you by so quickly before you know it, it's, it's happened. And it's probably going to mess up her day. And yeah, just been thinking about it. And I yeah, hate that it happened. Yeah. Just sharing my mind. 
Thank you for that. Thank you for saying your mind and um, sharing it with me. Um, and so I, I thought that it would be great to put that in the straw of the week section because everybody that was in that boardroom, um, apart from you, of course, everybody that was in that boardroom and obviously the, the woman that it happened to, you can all go suck your mothers, you fucking idiots. Like the violence, the daily violence that we have to endure. And this is what people who are mad like to call um, casual racism. The fact that in an unspoken way, all of you decided to uh, assemble, you know, ashes assemble, unwashed legs assembling like Avengers. You all decided to assemble and make that person, other that person instantly. The director can't pronounce the name. So then now when it's time for you lot to introduce yourselves, you're all like, oh yeah, my name's super easy. Oh, my name's super easy. Oh, well done to you with your super easy name, you cunt. Well done. Oh, oh, your name's super easy. Oh, well done, Sue. Well done, Mary. You pricks. No, it's really, really annoying because that must have felt so horrible for for the woman. Like, oh, I I came, I became an inconvenience to everyone because I had the audacity to have a name that is not, I don't know, Anglo, whatever, in any way. Like I just it's really, really upsetting. So everybody in that room can go and choke on a straw fucking pricks like the other and they'll be the same one that will post black squares and say that they care about this and care about that when in your day-to-day -day life you're just violent as fuck I don't get it I just think it's absolutely wild and I'm so sorry that happened to her and I thank you for sharing that with us and um for saying your mind so um now it's time for me to say my mind and share my straw of the week my straw goes to da -da -da -da, I never want to dance again Oh, guilty feet have got no rhythm, though it's easy to pretend I use your money for food. Anyway, um, it's funny that I sang that last week, isn't it? Only for it to actually come to fruition a few days later. Matt Hancock, you, you useless, useless thief. You are a thief. You are a thief. Ole, ole, ole. You're a thief. Imagine you're a thief of public funds and you're a thief of Panani. That's what you are. You're a thief of, of Panani that wears kitten heels to, to, to make it perfectly clear. So for those of you who don't know, Matt Hancock used to be the health secretary for the UK, right? With this Tory government, pun me, headed up by Boris Pussyclaw, Alexander Feffel Johnson. So... Um, Dominic Cummings has been coming for his neck for a minute because, um, you know, he shared screenshots, WhatsApp conversations between himself and Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings showed us that Boris Johnson said that, um, Matt Hancock is fucking hopeless. Like he wasn't doing what he needed to do in terms of providing PPE. We also knew that they spent like, I think 40,000 pounds or whatever on food during the pandemic. I think some of it was spent, or quite a lot of it was spent on Deliveroo. And I remember Kay Burley questioning him over it on national TV. And he was just like, oh, well, we're just working very hard and we need to eat. You know, we're working very hard for the people. Really? You were working very hard. What kind of work were you doing? Because people are still out here dying, Matthew. People are still out here dying. Children are dying. People are dying, Matt. People are dying. So... Um, Dominic wasn't getting the response that I guess he wanted when he put out these WhatsApp screenshots because obviously the British public are really, really committed to suffering. So he was just like, you know what? Let me see what else I can do now. 
I we don't know because I don't want Dominic's wahala. We don't know whether it was Dominic that released the CCTV footage where we see um Dominic uh, sorry we see Matt Hancock at um at Whitehall in an office space or wherever. He says something to somebody on the other side of the door. He shuts the door, which makes him secluded, um, you know, from other people. And a woman's in there with him who's not his wife because he's married and he has three children. But the woman happens to be, I think her name is um, Gina Colodangelo. Um, and she's married to the, is it Oliver Tress, who is the founder of Oliver Bonus, that store that you see everywhere that they sell very just like standard um, looking outfits. So everybody's married, everybody in this situation is married and shouldn't be doing what the fuck that they're doing, so why are they lip-sing, they were lip-sing, ah, they were chopping each other's faces, nom, 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 with their no lips, no lips, how can you lips with no lips, they were, they were rubbing teeth, is how I'll describe it, because there were no lips to really lips with, but they were, you know, rubbing teeth together, and really embracing each other, in, you know, the passion that one would have, I mean, the amount of passion that one can have when they have no soul, really, and they're directly descended from Satan, so they were caressing each other, and even she too, she now cock up one leg, one of her kitten-heeled legs, and I'm always saying, those women that like to wear kitten heels are the filthiest, they're filthy, they're nasty gals, nasty, put your shoes on, I told you, don't come out your house without them heels on, I told you, no, leave the heels at home, leave those kitten heels at home, they're not things that you should be taking outside, and she cock up her leg with her little kitten heels, and he was now trying to like embrace her spine, because it wasn't a bum, you know, he was like embracing the bottom of her spine, really trying to caress her lumbar vertebrae, he was really trying to hold it and squeeze it, um, and I just thought, wow, wow. If you leave her, I'll leave him. We'll pack our bags. Don't say a word. Let's go far away to another place. Let's hide away in parliamentary offices. Anyway, um, I say all of that to say that it was, that video was wild. They even tried to dance at one point. And I was like, what are you dancing to? There's no music in this room. But you know when love is really sweeting somebody? When lust, in fact, is even really sweeting someone? When embezzlement is sweeting somebody's loins? They were now swaying with each other, swaying with our money. And why is this important? It's important because I don't really give a shit about whether um, Matt Hancock wants to cheat on his wife or whatever the fuck, because she married him. She knew that he was a vile human being and she married him. So that's on her. I'm not involved there, she didn't know, okay, cool, sorry, sorry to you there, but that's not my business, my issue is the fact that he also, because she lobbies, this Gina woman or whatever, lobbies um, the government and, you know, for contracts and this and that, so he gave her a position, Matt Hancock gave her a position that would um, earn her £15,000 a year for 15 days of work in the year, so she's getting £1,000 a day for what? From what we're hearing now, he, she, she may have also attended the G7 summit, and maybe as his aide, his, um, you know, his aide, he would have, she would have gone with him, and I just think that that is our money that's being used for you to get your dick wet, that is our money that's being used for you to pump up her pum pum, I 
am disgusted. I am furious. And of course, we know it's not just him because when Boris was mayor of London, he was also using public funds to pump up um, these these little white girls' pom-poms. So, um, or white women, rather, not girls, you know, white women. But, you know, he was out here doing everything that he was doing. Like, he had Boris's one. He even brought her to his own marital home to really, really deal with her there, to really ravage her body there. I'm sorry, I just feel like I, sometimes I try to, like happen like imagine what sex must be like in my mind's eye and it looks so dry it looks so musty I want to get ugh. I just imagine like it smells it just smells oh yuck anyway back to Matt Hancock and this one initially it was just a picture that was released and it was released to the Sun newspaper which is also interesting with Murdoch being there as well and so it must seem like Boris didn't know any other way that he was going to get Matt Hancock out and then this picture emerges. Everyone's talking about the picture. We're all busting joke, which is another thing that we need to address the way that we all kind of instantly go for jokes when the severity of the situation is that people literally died because of the mismanagement or um, deliberate mismanagement of public funds and an apathy for the citizens of this country. But I think that sometimes when you mock someone, it's to take away their power in this case. And um, when we're talking about governmental officials, I see that as being the reason that people are mocking it. But, you know, the fa very fact of the matter is that hundreds of thousands of people died and they sh probably would not have needed to if PPE um, had made it into the hands of the people that it needed to make it into. And if, you know, care homes, people were being tested in care homes and things like that. Or, and, you know, we had a test and trace or track and trace service that actually worked. But all of the things that were assigned to Matt Hancock as the health secretary that he did not do. But what did he do? He was eating out to help out. He was yamming pum. That's what he was doing. He was yamming pum when he should have been focused on the well-being of this um, country. He was submerging his face in extramarital panani when he should have been out here doing the job that he's been literally fucking paid for. I am just disgusted. And they also say, you know, they always say like a fish rots from the head. So Matt Hancock is not doing anything different to what fucking Boris Johnson is doing. It's just that, fam, you got caught. You stood right in front of that camera and you started caressing back. Yeah, you started caressing long back and you got caught when you were lipsing, quote unquote lipsing, when you were rubbing teeth with your mistress. You lot got caught. So now the video drops because he initially said he wasn't going to resign when the pictures were, um, well, the picture was released and jokes were flying. But now we're seeing the video and I think it's the video that really, really did it because, wow, you were really, really enjoying. Now, the thing is, I believe, and as do many other people, that there was a sex tape. Because I don't think maybe the, the the rubbing teeth ended there. The grabbing of spine didn't end there. Maybe she gave him a little head or something. Something would have happened where he knew to resign because that picture, the little snippet of the video was a warning shot. And from when it's gone to the sun as well, where they do page three, they would have been able to show it in a way that all the other um, um, publications would not have, right? They would have been like, oh no, we've got integrity. We're not doing that. So it needed to go to a newspaper that would have had no problem sending out a picture where homegirl's on her knees, right? So I guess because he knew this was coming, he then had to resign. But I hate the fact that now, even before he resigned, when he initially said he wasn't going to, um, Boris Johnson was like, yeah, I don't see why he does need to. Um, I support him and everything that he's achieved. What did he achieve? What prize are we giving him? What did he achieve? He achieved the death of hundreds of thousands of people while stealing our money. Like, that's what he achieved. What should we give him as a prize? Should we give him a condom? What should we give him? What should we give him? A hair transplant? What should we give him? I don't know. 
I don't know. But it goes to show that Boris, again, seemed like really, really not bothered. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody that was, you know, had, you know, motive like maybe Dominic Cummings was just like, yes, yeah, since you lot don't want to hear, you must feel. And he released what he released because that camera was strategically placed. That was not a CCTV camera. The camera was planted there because people must have already known that this stuff was happening. And they were like, we'll catch you today. And they caught him. So I wonder what else you know, somebody like Dominic Cummings may have on somebody like, oh, I don't know, say Boris Johnson that he knows will really, really finish him. But he's just holding off. But it's just like, to what ends is all of this happening? Because after we've gotten rid of all of these people, where will we be left? So I'm just vexed at the fact that now that this little pussy clerk has now re resigned, he's also left his wife. So she found out that he's cheating and that he's leaving her um, all all in one go, and he's apparently going to set up um, set up home with um, Gina Coca Cola D'Angelo, um, and you know what? Do you if 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 and I love that you love do you? That is your business. I'm not again. I'm not concerned about the moralistic kind of integrity of all of that stuff that's happening. That I'm concerned specifically about the contracts that she was awarded, um, or that people were awarded through her because of her links to you and the links to your penis and her punani. I'm concerned about that. The fact that you went and set up a company with your sister, and again you gave your sisters this company that you set up, you gave the NHS contracts to as well. So we have been robbed in broad daylight. You were embezzling money in broad daylight, but you lot have the fucking cheek to talk about Nigeria being fantastically corrupt. Look at what the fuck you lot are doing. Look at it. And so you've done all of those things. You've, you've been stealing money left, right and centre. And then you now jump on TV or you jump on the front of a camera and you're talking about, oh, I really let everybody down. I'm so sorry for not following the social distance rules that I am um, encouraged and I put in place. That is not what we're concerned about. Stop trying again. Stop trying to rewrite the narrative. That's not the issue. Stop trying to make the issue out to be just a mere case of you not following social distancing rules um, because you weren't socially distanced when your cock was down her throat, right? That's not what we're concerned about. We're concerned about the fact that, yes, you were doing that. And also, you were giving out contracts that you shouldn't have been given out. And all of this is happening while the reality is that 550, test and, 550 million test and trace records have been lost by Dido Harding, or is it Dido Harding, and um, Boris Johnson and all of them, man. Like, they've lost all the test and trace um, records that they had don't know what's happened to it. Test and trace as a functionality, absolutely fucked. So they let this be the lead story. They let this run amok. While that massive story is the fact that all of these things that they should have been doing, they've lost it, but they've been giving money to everybody. They've been giving money to all of their homies. And there's one guy in particular that Preeti Patel, Matt Hancock, all of these people have been giving contracts to and through lots of money. We're talking millions of pounds have been contracted to this guy to provide PPE when he's previously um, down um, in terms of occupation as a bricklayer. So what does he know about going to then going, um, you know, su supplying PPE? Same as when Pretty Patel said that she spent 70k um, on, you know, gave 70k to this eyebrow um, company because they were also meant to be supplying PPE. It's funny because the rate that they're being charged is way above the rate that anyone should be charging for a simple mask. So it seems like somewhere 
you lot are stealing money and you're stealing it in broad daylight. And it's absolutely mad to me that we as the British public are just kind of sitting there going, rah, matting, matting. Let's make jokes about Pretty Patel's eyebrows because we know that's not where the money's gone to. I feel like there's a time for running jokes and there's a time for, for flogging the fuck out of people, flogging the fuck out of these MPs because it's actually ridiculous now. And it feels like Matt Hancock, especially after doing all that he's doing, where, where is he, is he going to have, is there, are there going to be any legal ramifications? Are there? No, because everyone seems to kind of just dance around it and move on with their life. Forget even just it being a Tory thing. Tony fucking Blair, you led us to a war that was none of our fucking business and it was based on a fucking lie. And people are talking about they're um, looking to bring him back into the House of Commons. Where he needs to be brought into is the fucking Hague. He needs to be tried for his um, for his war crimes. That's what needs to be done. Why are we trying to rehabilitate people or overlooking the fact that we are being fucked in broad daylight by the by all of the, um, you know government and nothing's been done about it? I just think it's honestly. I just think it's disgusting. All jokes aside, I think it's fucking nasty that people died. So many people, I know people who lost their mums, they lost their dads, they lost their children. R.I.P. Belly Mujinga. All of these people that had to die, that died during the pandemic. And this man is out here walking, walking, yamming pum. That's what he's doing when he should be concerned about what's happening to the citizens of this country. Black and brown people disproportionately dying as a result of this pandemic. But he's got his his head submerged in somebody's punani and giving her contracts on top of that because you can't find the clip. You're like, oh, you know what? Have some money because you can't give her an orgasm. You're giving her contracts, give governmental contracts. Contracts indeed, contracts. I don't even know what else to say. I just think it's absolutely wild. I think it's really, really wild how, you know, even the policies that have been passed or legislation and, and legislation that they're creeping in all in the name of um national security or whatever um that's meant to help us during this pandemic when it's got fuck all to do with the pandemic, but more to do with being able to surveil us uh, to a greater extent, to a deeper extent. They're losing um, um all the data that they claim that they're finding and nobody knows what the fuck is going on, but everybody's eating, they're all eating, they're all yamming the money, and yamming pum on top of that, meanwhile, we're out here just begging for children to be fed, we're out here just begging for money to be provided, um, or to, um, NHS workers, and now Sajid Javid has been, um, announced as the new health secretary, and it, um, what's it, Dominic Cummings said that he feels that, um, it was Carrie, who's now married to Boris Johnson after formerly being a mistress, um, that he thinks that she's the one that made that appointment because he's, and he's saying that, oh, well, you know, I tricked Boris into firing him last year. In, li listen to that. Imagine how, also, fuck you, suck your mum, Dominic Cummings, because for all the tea that you're providing, I hope that tea also spills on you because that means that you were instrumental in all the suffering that the people of this country ha have had to go through. You were the one pulling Boris's strings all along and now that you're not the one pulling it anymore, you're letting us know that he's incompetent. We've already known that he's incompetent in that sense. But you know what is competent? White supremacist patriarchy of or, of which you are all minions of. But to say that you tricked the um, prime minister into firing Sajid um, and now he's back and now carries the one that's controlling um, Boris. It's just woeful. It's really, really woeful at this point. But Boris, you're a useless, useless, scraggly-baggly individual, and it will never, ever be well with you and your yellow, cron-cron-cron teeth, you useless individual. Come fight me, if you dare. Um, 
But yeah, it's, it's just absolutely mad that then Sajid is now back in after being kicked out because of his um, wayward dealings um, with JP Morgan. Um, so now he's health secretary. So what do you think is going to happen to the rest of what's left of the NHS now that he's health secretary and he's also been um, doing his bits with JP Morgan who are actively wanting to buy um, um, and, and have the NHS privatised what's going to happen to everybody like going forward seriously deep it deep the extent of the fuckery take a moment to truly deep it and so to know that all of these things are happening to the nhs to then have sadiq khan who's meant to be the mayor of london who's meant to be a labor um mp talking about oh well done um sajid um on this announcement or this whatever you know on this new role um you know it's great when children of bus drivers do well this isn't time for your representation politics um, uselessness, right? Just because he's skinfolk does not make him kinfolk. Or maybe it does. Maybe you're both useless together. But knowing that he's part of a political party that actually means to do black and brown people harm, how the fuck are you congratulating him publicly? If you really wanted to, you could have just sent a text. There are some things that you just don't need to tweet. And you're lucky. You're lucky Sean Bailey lost that election for the, um, for the mayoral election because you were literally holding on by the skin of your flippy floppy hair. Like you don't actually care about the people because if you did and you know Sajid's background, why you'd be congratulating him for being fucking health secretary, knowing what can happen to the NHS under his watch? Just tells me that you're a prick. Tells me that you're a prick. And that's why you as mayor of London keep avoiding me because you know that you will get dragged too. And if I manage to get on to, um, and, and have it recorded where I had you into, looped you into circles when I asked you one question before, I know I can do it to you many times again. You're a whatless, you're a whatless individual. All of you are whatless together. And I don't care whether you're on the Labour side or you're on the Tory side. Anti-blackness is rife everywhere. Um, Anti-blackness knows no parliamentary lines. It just does what it needs to do. And so I just think it's nasty. I think it's disgusting. And I all think, and I think that all of you can go suck your mothers, you useless individuals. It's not our lives that you're going to continue to put at risk because you feel like you're fine. And because you're fine, the rest of us can just suffer. I rebuke it and I refuse it. Fuck all of you. Go suck your mothers, you prick. Pricks. Anyway, that's that anyway for um straw of the week aka suck your mum thank you for sending your voice notes in i look forward to receiving more voice notes please title them in the um email or whatever subject title with the um ideally the section you'd want it to go into and keep it to one minute although two minutes is not super bad like but don't go above two minutes because then i just won't have time um so that's that Thank you to Anna Louisa for sponsoring this week's episode and um, send your letters and send um, your voice notes and whatever else to sym at kalechiokafor.com. You can follow me on at kalechnikoff or at sayyourmindpod. And I guess, yeah, that's that. I feel like I covered everything as quickly and as succinctly as possible and saying the things that I needed to say. So I've been Kalechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. Remember that you can support the podcast on Patreon on patreon.com forward slash Kalechi Okafor. Anyway, that's that. Catch you later. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind